I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Up on the rooftop, click, 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 it's time for The, the Connor and Smith Show. All right, uh, we have a great episode for you today. We'll be talking with Tom Simpson and Sherry Edlin Simpson about fruitcake and other holiday baked goods. They also have an Instagram shop called Homemade for the Home. You can check out. We'll put the links in the description. We're also going to be talking to Linda Stegall of BakeShopVA.com with locations in Clarendon Falls Church and Georgetown just opened um, about fruitcake and other baked goods. So this is a whole baked goods, baked holiday goods episode. We are going to be right back. Oh, Tom Adrian Simpson, is that you? Stephen Gregory Smith, it is me. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Is is there a Sherry Edlin around? Um, she's around. She's not right here right now. She might make a guest. Appearance. She's coming. She says she's coming. So is Christmas. <laughs> well, ain't that the truth? How are you, Tom? You know, I'm good. It's been I'm... such a crazy time for us all, but I think we're weathering the storm. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. I'm yeah. sitting here. With uh, someone else you may know, Matt Connor. Hi, Tom. Hey, Matt. And our producer and bestie, Ryan Halbrook. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Mighty fine. Mighty fine. And uh, Miss Edelin has entered the room. Hello. Hi, Sherry. What's going on? Here we are on um, W and no NPR's Delicious Dish. Mm. Uh, to talk about fruitcake. Oh, so good. <laughs> so this is so this is our first episode. This is our first episode of season three here, our little holiday season. And we decided that we were going to just jump off and into topics of Christmas. And we came up with the delicious word and um, sometimes underestimated dish fruitcake. Yes. Yeah. I would say not underestimated but misunderstood. Ah, misrepresented, perhaps. Misrepresented, yes. So, um, the, 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 if you go back into, like, Fruitcake History 101, um, Ryan was looking up some things and found some interesting details. Ryan, do you have anything to share with the class here? Uh, no, other than that, it was actually in Rome when it first was kind of a thing. They used pomegranates and nuts and things like that. It was more like a like a bar, like a, a fruit bar as opposed to a cake. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until the Middle Ages when uh, being able to dry fruit became a thing. And that's when fruitcakes became a huge thing. Right. Um, and and also, I mean, sometimes I guess people will use spirits in fruitcakes as well. I've a lot heard. of people do. Mm-hmm. Now, I was raised in... You know, uh, the, I will say the Southern Baptist tradition. And so fruitcakes that I am most familiar with are not soaked in liquor. Right. That being said, I know of many that are and have tasted many. Right. I, I, I think that most people's entree to fruitcake are those like little brick-shaped ones wrapped in cellophane uh, that you could patch a floor with? Yes, and 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 those I am not advocating for. No, no. Uh, I do remember a very fond holiday memory uh, for myself. We had some neighbors in Pennsylvania down around the corner, the Blooms, Mr. and Mrs. Bloom, and they would make well, Mrs. Bloom. They got. 98 and 100 years old um they had the most ornate uh manger made up of things from you know 60 years of collecting right most most of which was handmade but she would make uh, a fruit cake um that the kids were not allowed to eat 
And <laughs> she would also make something that she called Christmas cheer. Um, it was huh. some kind of eggnog based uh, whiskey concoction that my dad would just have like a half a glass of and have to put it down. But I, su I suppose that's why they lived so long. Right. They were preserved well. Um, <laughs> but, but fruitcake, Matthew, you had some, some kind of, uh, fruitcake things that you found out in your research. Um, I just saw that, I don't know if this is true or not, because the internet is filled with things that, um, if you use dried fruit, it maybe helps to absorb the alcohol. And then if you're using alcohol, if, if you're using alcohol and if you're using dried fruit, Tom, what do you use? As far as the fruit is concerned, just fruitcake in general. What well, do you do? For me, uh, the fruitcake that I grew up with, uh, we always used what's commonly referred to as candied fruit or glossed fruit, which is usually cherries and pineapple, as well as a candied uh, lemon peel or citron. Uh, and and combinations thereof. Um, we all it also incorporates a lot of nuts, and that can be walnuts, almonds, uh, pecans, uh, Brazil nuts, coconut. Some fruit cakes. Uh, uh, I have three different recipes that are popular. Uh, in my family, and one of them has a lot of coconut in it, so that's also used. And and so are these these are things the, the recipes that you have, Tom. These are things passed down from like generations, or yes, yes. I have the fruitcake that I make most often uh, is known around the family as the light fruitcake which is my Aunt Grace's recipe. This is my great Aunt Grace. And uh, true to its name, it it, it's a light battered fruitcake. We also have a dark fruitcake, which comes out, as you would imagine, dark, because <laughs> it's made with molasses and dark spices like nutmeg and mace and cinnamon, cloves, that kind of thing. And all of that makes the batter dark. And when it's cooked, it's dark. Um, but the one that I like most of all is the light fruit cake. And, um, you know, it has a lot more of the candied fruit in it. It's flavored with vanilla and almond. And uh, when you cook it, it kind of looks like a pound cake, that light in color, um, but with the fruit and nuts studded through it. Do you use spirits? No. I do not. But um, within my family, uh, there's a famous story I had this fabulous great aunt whose name was Moselle. <laughs> you can't make this up. I mean, she, she was great. And I have really very fond memories of her when, from when I was a child. And she was quite a character. Uh, aunt Moselle um, was a single woman who lived most of her life in Washington, D.C., uh, and she worked as a nurse. She was a registered nurse. And uh, she retired to my hometown of Fredericksburg. So I got to know her later in life. But she, there's a famous story that actually happened with my sister visiting Aunt Moselle. And uh, supposedly, Aunt Moselle was looking for something to serve as a treat. Um, for my sister and her then boyfriend. And she said, oh, I have some fruitcake. And she reached on top of the refrigerator and pulled down a tin of fruitcake. And when she put it on the table, the top of the tin popped off by itself. <laughs> 
because there was so much liquor soaked within the cake <laughs> that it it literally the the tent exploded um, there um, from the cake and. Supposedly it was still very good, but it's, it's different from the ones that I make. Wow. Uh, I'm glad no one lit a match. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's hysterical. Um, now, Ryan was saying that there used to be a company years and years ago. Many companies, like mail order companies. And I think that's where the fruitcake got its bad rap. rap. Yes. Well, the, the fruitcakes that... I remember seeing as a child, you'd go into the grocery store and like you mentioned earlier, there would be these bricks, you know, a stack of them. And uh, I remember one brand name being Claxton and there, there was another one that was popular and they would be, people would send you them through the mail. I remember getting them um, when I was a kid, but those things it's an entirely different beast from uh, the fruitcake that that I hold dear. I mean, the ones that you get from the grocery store or through the mail were always really gummy, like moist beyond what you want moist to be. Right. Um, you know, and and just not very tasty at all um your light fruit cake sounds like when i was reading about Ital italy has its own kind of fruit cake and it's more of a cake and yeah lighter the uh the the italian fruit cake the panettone um yeah. is is that's more bread like it's like a sweet bread that has fruit chopped up and in it and nuts and raisins and things. yeah yeah and they, they make they make all various kinds of of the panettone some of them even have like chocolate chips um yeah in, in, in the batter but it's much more bread like it's kind of like um eating a, a, a cinnamon roll that kind of pastry um you know that has not really a cake quality, but more of a bread-like texture to it. Um, but the fruit cake that I make, as I said, it comes out more like a pound cake that has fruit inside of it. And and I know the panettone uh, because I feel like one would end up on a green room table in almost every Christmas show I've ever done. Oh, yeah. Like, Someone would bring one in, um, and they're and, good. I, I don't mind the panettone. Yeah, yeah. The, the the ones that I've tried, I just don't. I can't get into raisins. Raisins are just not my thing. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, but Sherry, I hear you. <laughs> and actually, raisins was one of the ones that Rome put in originally. It was the pomegranates and the raisins. So. Yeah, yeah. My understanding is that the the Roman fruit cake it was sort of what we would think of as a. Um, uh, you know, as, as a Lara bar, as a, an energy bar kind of idea. Right. You know, right. It's, it was easy for them to carry around and it was chock full of fruit and nuts, which are high nutrition, you know? Do you, so, know, anything about, um, do you know anything about the German stolen, which I think is their type of fruitcake? Yeah. That, I think that's more with, with just like the raisins in it, but yeah. But wonder, yeah, I, I see the stolen out. Wonder how fruitcake became a, Chris, a Christmas thing. Was it always a Christmas thing? I think it was year round pretty much. I mean, I think still is in some parts of the world year round. I, I, I think that, it, that it, it can be year round, but my, I would imagine that, you know, you're putting preserved fruits in. Either the fruits have been dried or they've been preserved with sugar. That's what candied fruit is, you know. Um, you, you, you take the fruit from the summer and the harvest, and you're able to prolong uh, the use of that fruit through preserving it, through drying it, or putting it with sugar. So in the winter months, the summer is gone. That's long behind you. 
and yet you have this fruit that is still good um, because it's been preserved. And so if you're going to put fruit into a cake, it's going to be this preserved fruit, and that's become what we know as fruitcake. And and what, uh, so do you, I know that uh, for those who do not know, you guys have a, a farm, you kind of raise a lot of your own food and stuff. Do you use uh, as much of your own stuff as you can, or is that not the kind of thing you grow there? Well, it's it's not the kind of thing that we, we grow, you uh-huh. know. Um, uh, we don't have cherries uh, per <laughs> yes. se, you yes. know, um, and so we we purchase the ingredients for the fruitcake. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I go back to the beginning of this conversation when you said that you think fruitcake is uh, misunderstood. And I'm wondering if that's why for several decades I've actually been called a fruitcake. <laughs> just from the misunderstanding from the misunderstanding yes yeah 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 that i get that sense. yeah something that's preserved with an, a, an occasional spirit that goes with every holiday right which <laughs> now, is which is possibly dried and certainly sweet right right it's not it doesn't go with everyone's you know uh appetite now i know why he wanted this to be the first episode got it um <laughs> yeah. Uh, followed quickly by eggnog. Um, right. Uh, there's, there's Will you this... be making fruitcake this year? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? The other night, I was looking through the recipe, and um, we, we went into the grocery store. We went into Giant Food. And as soon as we walked in the door, we hadn't been in the store 30 seconds. And Sherry went, Tom, they have candied cherries over here. <laughs> Honest to goodness. And it was like, well, we have to buy some. They were really hard to find last year. Yeah. If you if you wait, it's hard to find. And so we immediately snatched up fruitcake, uh, the, the candy cherries. And I immediately texted my sister and said, Harriet, there is candied fruit at Giant. Do you want me to pick up some? And she said, I'm on my way. (laughs) And then they didn't have any candied pineapple. They only had candied cherries and the the fruitcake mix, which is already chopped up. But they didn't have any pineapple. And that's essential to my fruitcake. Pineapple. I went online and I saw that they had pineapple at the Walmart near us. And at nine o'clock at night, I said, Sherry, I've got to go to Walmart now (laughs) because they have pineapple. It's available. And I went and bought a pound of it. Wow. I mean, I I mean, he's very serious about the (laughs) fruitcake. It has to happen every year. I love that though. I love that once a year we have these strange, not strange. I'm not going to say strange. I'm just going to say out of the everyday. Out of the everyday. Um, which is perhaps the point of them. Absolutely. Um, these these kind of strange concoctions or, uh, or not everyday concoctions, whether it be eggnog or fruitcake or what have you. Um, these things. Stewed that, oysters. Yeah. I mean, things that are passed down from you know, your, your family's history that helps you remember them, keep them alive, keep their recipes alive. And I think that's part of the charm and, and like what I, I mean, even Christmas cookies are very specific to families. Like our family, we make these cookies. These are the cookies we make. These are the cookies we expect. Well, and and that, and that becomes the holiday for us, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, He's got one of those too, Steve, that he has to have every year. Yeah, Christmas cookies, absolutely. What what cookies are you partial to? Well, we call them French cookies, but oh. they're really—I don't know what's French about them—but they're really butter cookies that I use a cookie press to press out different, um, you know, designs of them. Ah. But they're wonderful, wonderful cookies. As a matter of fact, 
you remember several years ago, um, we put together a, uh, a recipe book for taking care of our own. Yes, yes. And, and that was the recipe that I submitted for that cookbook. Was, and is that recipe also a family recipe? It is. Yeah. My grandmother made them. My mom made them. Um, uh, and I make them. My sisters make them as well. So pass down recipes are the original Pinterest is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now I also think just being in France for four days makes me an expert on, on the <laughs> subject. I think the French are very proud. Hence, this cookie is probably very proud and doesn't care whether you like it or not because it's French. <laughs> therefore, <laughs> therefore, it is the French Christmas cookie. Absolutely. There I are... think the pound of butter also has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I've also heard them called spritzes because we had a cookie press growing up in the 70s. That's when, and the one that Tom has is like, oh my God, this has got to be from the 1970s. Oh yeah. And um, it still works. But mom used to make the same thing and press out a candy cane, press out a wreath, press out a Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And we would just put sprinkles on them as kids. So she called them spritzes, but it's the same cookie. So Sherry, this press basically mm -hmm. is one thing that can be interchangeable with different shapes. Correct. Yeah. It's got little discs in it with different. If, yes. If you yes. remember, you know, um, when you're a child, you may have had a, you may have uh, played with Play-Doh mm -hmm. and there was a press that you could get that would press out different shapes yep. of Play-Doh. It's basically the same thing, but you're pressing out cookie dough. I, I believe my mother had one uh, that's ringing a bell. Um, while we're, we're kind of in the baked good holiday realm. I was just going to say, I've stayed away from the press since my performance in um, Jesus Christ Superstar. It's a different kind of press, honey. It's a different kind of press. So while we're here, like, I, I love that we're we're fruitcake aimed, but I I love the sidetrack of do the you cookies. Know, do you do you know the song fruitcake? Let's get back to the song fruitcake. Okay, but let's Can let's you sing a little. Uh, yes, you will sing a little in a little bit. Let's talk about cookies real quick because <laughs> there are iconic Christmas cookies. I'm going to rattle off a few that everybody kind of expects. Right there is the the uh, sugar cookie with a little Hershey kiss in the middle. Some some people might call them reindeer turds. Um, other people, I, I've heard them called that. I have. Really? Oh, here you go. Try one of Santa's mistakes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what did I find on the rooftop? Some of these. There's, um, it, at least in Western Pennsylvania, we had something called Pizzelles that we loved. Yeah. Yes. Um, they were kind of like a little pancake press thing that you coated in uh, frosted uh, sugar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So good. So the, the the cookies that you make are you, are you putting like uh, the what is it like the like are you making a Christmas tree and putting like uh, green sugar on it or exactly like that? yeah that okay okay yeah my favorite cookie that my mother makes for me every year is called a chewy Noel it is a bar style cookie it has uh, walnuts in it it has um, I can't tell you she makes it I tried it we tried it I think last year year before it was not as good as mom's um but there they were a chewy no it was a chewy nope um <laughs> but every year when my mom asks what do you want for christmas i have to say that's the top of the list right because when i taste that it's christmas yes absolutely I, food, is I love, love. food is love my dear <laughs> i love those sensory memories that take you back though and that's mm -hmm. that's the nostalgia that is christmas right and yep. some other I iconic like christmas cookies that I, I'll, I put it to you guys. What are things that um, Matt Ryan, what are things that you guys from your past or your childhood? I, I remember the cookies you're talking about with the Hershey kisses, but like with that, there was also one that was like that, but it had like jelly in the middle of it. Yep. You know yeah. Jam. Sherry makes great jam cookies. Yeah. Those are delicious. And they all came in that tin, that like Christmas tin of cookies. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Matthew. Um, I remember growing up with just basically dirt, dirt cookies. <laughs> and, but my mom would make the simple 
peanut butter. You take your fork and do the oh, thing on top. Yes. And you'd bake them. And it was like, oh my God, peanut butter cookies. And then after like one or two, you couldn't like, you didn't have any, you needed something to drink because it was so dry. You need some milk. Yeah, and you couldn't talk. You're like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> yes. And then there was always some sort of ball, uh, um, maybe a chocolate ball or uh, some sort of fudge or something. Of course, fudge was a big thing. Yeah, and, and those um, Russian tea cookies. What's that? That's well, It's kind of like a pecan sandy. Yep. But it's dusted in, in um, powdered sugar. Some people yep. call them Mexican wedding cookies or Italian yes. wedding cookies or Russian cookies. What did yeah. you call it? Russian tea cookies. Yeah. I, I I remember my neighbor Jean would make these sugar cookies that were frosted with a lemon frosting. That was kind of nothing special, but she would put this lemon rind on top of it that was just mm. like to die for. Mm. Put it over the top. Um, yeah. She would do the same with orange, orange uh, rind as well. Um, love that. I, I could talk about Christmas cookies. See, in Pennsylvania, I'm sure not just in Pennsylvania, but there's always the cookie table at a wedding. Um, yeah. And I think that's like an Italian kind of thing. I'm not sure. But at every Pennsylvanian wedding I've ever been to, there's the cookie table. Is mm. that true? Have you guys experienced that? Anybody else? Uh, no. Mm. No? I would no. love to have a cookie table. We didn't have tables. Yeah, I just like the idea of a cookie table. Oh, yeah. It, it was a big thing. I mean, you would have pizzelles. You would have all your Christmas cookies at a wedding just oh, because wow. it was a special thing. Now, they didn't have, like, Christmas tree shapes or things like that. Right. They had wedding shapes. They would do, like, bells, like wedding yeah. bells. No, I know that I know the two of you might be gearing up to maybe make some special things for folks for order. Are you, do you, are you selling anything that we could maybe plug that you um are gearing up for this holiday season that maybe people could order outside of fruitcakes oh you mean food wise that people they can purchase no anything oh um well tom's got these really great um coat racks it's a plank of reclaimed wood and he's put antique doorknobs on them and you hang them on the wall and sherry has all kinds of things uh from table runners and uh, napkins uh, to quilts and um, uh, all kinds of you know, baby blankets and burp claws and that kind of thing. But if, if specifically for the holidays, the table runners and the napkins are, are really great. Where can people find information uh, besides here um, on face on your Facebook page or do you have an Etsy or? No, we're not on Etsy, but we're we're working towards getting on Facebook and also Instagram. Yes. If you, if you look for homemade for the home on Instagram. But is it on there yet? Did you do it? It's just started. Oh. Tom, how much is the coat tree? Uh the the coat racks are $125. Oh, it's it's not a, it's not a tree, it is a rack. It is a rack. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, is that shippable? Um, that's that's delivered here locally. That's by you. local delivery. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's okay. good. I didn't realize he had put the Instagram up already. That's great. But also, it, you can just call us or email us. Great. Or they can reach out to the Connor and Smith show about anything that they want to. Absolutely. We can lead, lead them into your direction. But the fruitcakes are not for sale. That's The fruitcakes are not for sale. They're only for me. Yeah. And yeah. I, I know that this is a, a secret family recipe, but can you tell us just one or two like twists of the recipe that might be of interest to people who are fruitcake aficionados? Well, the, the, the only twists really to my fruitcake I think is I like to leave the fruit and the nuts whole. Ah. A lot of people will chop up their fruit into small pieces and mix it up. Right. I don't like to do that. I like to leave the fruit whole so that you have whole cherries and big chunks of pineapple, um, whole raisins, and whole pieces of fruit, of nuts like pecans 
almonds or walnuts. That way, when you slice them, you get, it's a beautiful slice of cake, but also the fruit maintains its integrity and its moisture. Right. So it's really very refreshing to eat. And you, and, go ahead. And that's, that's the big difference, I think, from mine in particular. I have a quick story about this fruitcake. When Tom and I were dating, um, my experience with fruitcake was that big uh, dark brick that Stephen talked about earlier that my dad <laughs> picked up at the A&P. And I'm telling you, Tom brought me a gift one Christmas when we were dating, a little tin. And inside it were uh, from some small jars of jam and then these little mini fruit cakes because they sometimes they put them in those little mini cupcake tins you know with the, a lot of times people have little mini cheesecakes in those tins mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah well his mom used to make the little mini cupcakes like a little dollop a little bite size and i was like oh fruitcake i'm not so sure i don't have good experience with fruitcake uh and i, I kind of took it up to my lips with a big old grimace on my face and i bit into it and i was like oh my god this is really good. This isn't like anything I've ever had before. And so now we make it. Of course, we make he makes it every year, but I get excited about the fruit cake too. That's so funny you say that. I get so nervous when I am in public when someone's offering me their fruit cake. Oh yeah. I want to experience it either with really close friends or by myself before I bite into it and go, oh my God, what is in this? <laughs> yeah. Because everyone has a different take on fruitcake. Well, I tell you what, when we make it this year, which will be the week before Christmas. We're going to bring you a slice. We're going to bring you some. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and you will not offend me if, if it's not your thing. I totally understand it. But I would love for you to actually try the fruitcake that we make um, to see, you know, what, what we love about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll we'll dig out some the range. French cookies. What'd you say, Cher? And we'll bring French cookies, too. Wee okay. wee. Oui, oui. I, <laughs> I will just dig out the raisins and the rest will be fine. Okay. <laughs> All's forgiven. <laughs> well, see, see, Sherry and Tom, I have this idea, uh, going back to that press, uh -huh. if, we, if we could find a press to make um, little itty-bitty animals that you no, find along. is always going back to this idea, Sherry. What? It's called Roadkill Cracker. Oh, God. <laughs> and on the little animals, you've got little tire marks made out of chocolate. Matthew. <laughs> And it's sort of like it's sort of like garbage pail kids for kids who like sort of like disturbing things. Kids who like roadkill. Right. I, I could see it maybe being popular in some jurisdictions. You're obsessed with poop. <laughs> You're obsessed with poop. Yeah. <laughs> Steven. What? We have to talk about we have to talk about my thing that my mother, my grandmother made and my mother made that is not a sweet thing every year, but I I have it only once a year during the holidays and I'm going to make some and give it, I think I've made it for you guys before and gave you some and she called it party mix. And oh the, yeah. Everybody God. knows it as Chex mix Yeah. or nuts and bolts sometimes, but there's a secret ingredient in our party mix. That's different from anything out on the market or what other people do. It's, 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 it separates yeah. their party mix from the rest. And I just found out that my brother does not like it. And I said, what? I'm going to have to take your Edelin card away because everybody in the family loves it. And what I love about when I know it's Christmas, Matt, is when I smell butter and garlic and all those other ingredients in a bowl and then wrote, you know, kind of it sits in the oven for about an hour on top of all the cereals. And I can just smell that through the house. And I'm like, it's Christmas! <laughs> uh, we love it. It's, it's it amazing. It, it doesn't last long, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes good with drinks. Oh, my gosh. You open it up and you're kind of like, let's just see what this is all about. Oh, my God, what happened? 
Yeah. I think I remember my first brush with it was during hairspray. I think you brought some in. Oh yeah. And it, it was not there very long. Brush no, hairspray. It's very addictive. Yeah. I have yeah. to be careful. Um well we were we we're gonna look for you guys on the homemade for the home on Instagram. Um we uh will pass on all this stuff to everybody and Thank you again for, for talking uh, baked goods and fruitcake with us. This made me very hungry. Wait, uh, Matt, did you have a song? Oh, wait. Yeah, Matt has a oh, fruitcake song. No, no, no. I just wanted to know if anyone's ever heard this. Every year. Can you pull it up? Uh, every year during the holidays, our choir, I guess it was in high school. That was the only choir I didn't get kicked out of. Um, <laughs> we would sing this song called Fruitcake. And the S's had a, a uh, one thing, the A's had another thing, the T's had a thing, and the B's had a thing. So you uh, soprano, alto, tenor, bass for those. Right, the SATBs. I'm speaking in code for those musicians, yes. Yes, yeah. And um, we would sing this this uh, song called Fruitcake. Let me see if I can find it on YouTube. I mean, this is, a, it's not going to sound that great, probably. Uh, have but, you guys heard of it? No. Oh, it's terrible. I, I can't wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like somebody thought they were very clever to do this. Here we go. Wait, can we hear this? Well, here's oh, an ad. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Brought to you by Groupon. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. And they okay. do the ingredients. So you haven't heard this yet? <coughs> no, I've okay, never so heard the, that. So, so then the bases go, sift the flour and fold in eggs. And then the um, alto sings, then you add some lemon or something, something. I would say a touch or two. And then the tenors go, pecans and walnuts and hazelnuts. Uh. And then the sopranos come in going, cinnamon, cinnamon, don't forget the cinnamon. Anyways, <laughs> it's very cute. It's terrible. It's delicious. <laughs> you could just tell that whoever wrote that was very proud of themselves. And I guess that's all that counts. That's all that um, counts. It's a holiday treat. That's right. Um, well, I think on that high note. Do we um, have any other food to talk about? Any other food anyone wants to talk about for the holidays? I'm already in a diabetic coma, so I'm yeah, good. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you guys for spending time with us. This has been great. Like I said, I'm starving now. We're going to find homemade for the home. Homemade for the home on, on Instagram. Instagram right now. Homemade for, for the, the home. home. I think if anyone's listening right now, you can also, here we go. I'm going to follow it right now. All right. Gotcha. All right, Tom and Sherry, thank you so much. We can't wait to hopefully see you guys before the holidays. You got what? Do you, what's your plans for Thanksgiving? You staying around? We're we're hanging home. Yep. Are you you cooking yourselves? Yeah, we're not we're not doing the big shindig again this year. Um, we're keeping it safe. We are for the first time for Thanksgiving going out to dinner. Wow. But we're going to eat outside in our own private heated tent. Nice. Yeah, uh, pretty good deal, too. Not too expensive. At this little mom-and-pop restaurant right across the street from us, we can walk to it and back. Oh, wow, that's nice. great. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to not uh, having Matthew be just bound to the kitchen all day. So that'll be uh -huh. nice. I'm always Mrs. Patmore on Chris on Thanksgiving Eve. <laughs> I love Mrs. Patmore. I, I do too. I guess that makes me Daisy. 
<laughs> Daisy. <laughs> oh, the new movie's coming out in March. You know, we never saw the old, we never saw the Christmas movie. We have to catch up and watch that this year. Yeah, oh it's my good. God, you do. Yeah, that's going to be one of our, um, maybe one of our things we do for our podcast. Yeah, I, I've just been re-watching Downton just because it's just like, oh my God, so good. And, you know, has I haven't revisited since it ended. So it's it's just so wonderful to rewatch. Um, but on that note, I love you guys and have a happy Thanksgiving and we hope to see you guys soon. We're going to do that. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right. Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. So, hi, good afternoon, Linda. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much. Steve, no, very nice no to problem. talk to you. No problem. Is it uh, Stigall is your last name? Yes, it is. Linda Stigall. So, Linda, can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yes, it's actually my son's business. Um, he started it about 12 years ago, this coming February. And um, he started in Clarendon, and it was basically him doing the baking and working the front for a while. So it was a one-man show. He, start, he actually began at home making recipes and developing recipes, and he started selling to local um, coffee shops and then got an online business and then went to the brick and mortar over in Clarendon. Wow. So, and then I retired from teaching in 2010 so that I could help him out. Oh, that's great. That's so, all in the family, right? Yes. We worked side by side for many years. That's so awesome. Um, we love in Arlington, our little um, family owned businesses. There's so many of them. Um, and that's part of what I think makes Arlington so amazing um, for small businesses is that they really do get supported by the uh, citizens here in Arlington. Yes, exactly. We've had such loyal customers. Yeah. And so your location, your main location is in Clarendon, correct? Yes. And then about two years ago, um, it possibly be three the pandemic kind of threw me off we opened one of falls church and uh just about three weeks ago we opened one in georgetown oh wow you're a franchise well not exactly but we are growing that's exciting it is so exciting i'm so proud of him so do you bake as well do you help him bake i used to we both used to be in the kitchen baking side by side um and right around the pandemic, I quit going in because of obvious reasons, you know, health re reasons. Um, so I quit going into the shop. Um, so now what I do is I develop um, recipes. You know, he comes up with ideas and tells me he'd like to try this or try that, like the fruitcake. So I've been working on making a fruitcake that is edible. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's so many different kinds of fruitcake, too. There's the German version, which is the Stolen. Stolen, yes. And the Italian, which is the Panettone, right? Right. right. Um, and I've heard, uh, we, we talked to some friends out in Fredericksburg, Virginia, who have a long-time family recipe they have two different kinds one is a dark fruit cake and one is a light fruit yes. cake um but it's it's really interesting uh we first linda you and i started first talking about fruit cake but even with our conversation with our friends in fredericksburg you can't talk about holiday baked goods like without just kind of going into the other things out there that are so mouth-watering. What are some of like holiday things that Bake Shop is offering this season? Well, we do a wonderful, um, we, we do bread slices for every, they're called quick breads, uh -huh. um, like apple and apple pecan. And we've got a new recipe called ginger, or gingerbread loaf, which um, is really very good. And if, you know, if you think you don't like gingerbread, you need to try this one. Very tasty. And we have pumpkin and we do, um, we just finished Thanksgiving with all the pumpkin pies and everything, but people still order the pumpkin pie for Christmas. Yes, absolutely. And one of the favorites 
um, is a pumpkin layer cake, but it's done with whipped cream. Mm. And it is very mouth-watering and just kind of melts in your mouth. And we have macarons that are holiday flavored. Nice. Um, and our cookies, of course. We have um, a seasonal cookie for this time of year. It's a cranberry white chocolate with um, cookie that has orange flavoring in it. And it's very tasty. That very sounds tasty. amazing. It's um, one of my favorites. So, I mean, this is what I would think. I mean, here's full disclosure. I got so inspired by this episode that I started trying to make some cookies here at home. Okay. They were edible. <laughs> um, they were not what you would call prime time ready. Um, so, but what I think what happens this time of year is people start to feel nostalgic for certain sweets, certain different things. And if you're someone like me, who is perhaps, let's say, technically challenged in the kitchen, um, Bake Shop probably offers another option for you. And here's the thing, like, you can't go to the Harris Teeter or the Giant and get a Christmas cookie or a cookie worth its salt. You need to go to a place like Bake Shop to get the real kind of deal. Um, because... I know all of you listeners out there, you can't tell me that the giant brand chocolate chip cookie does it for you. It's nowhere near like a real homemade bake cookie kind of experience. Am I right, Linda? You're absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. And, go ahead. No, no, no. You please. I was just going to say we have two different kinds of chocolate chip cookie. Um, we actually call them chocolate chunk because we use bigger chunks of chocolate than a chip. Mm -hmm. And it's high grade, high grade chocolate. Very good. And, but we have one regular chocolate chip, our traditional. And then we have one with, made with oats also. And um, that one is my favorite one. You know, I, I, this is another confessional I'll bring up to you, Linda. Um, I even messed up no-bake cookies. Okay. <laughs> you know, those classic old no-bake yes. cookies with the oats, the quick oats and everything. And Oh my goodness. I put too much peanut butter in and now they can only exist if they are kept in the freezer. Otherwise they just kind of liquefy. They're good. Really? What did, um, did you follow the recipe exactly? Well, I messed up a little at the proportions of the peanut butter. I think I got overzealous because I love peanut butter, but then that, that throws off the consistency. Right. Well, you know what I found with recipes, and this has been my experience over the years, and I've been baking a very long time. Um, I find that I will follow the recipe exactly to the T the first time. Yeah. And then the next time I make that recipe, I sometimes add a little bit more of this and a little bit less of that because of what I like, my personal preferences and I find that that can easily throw off a recipe when it comes to baking you really do need to follow the recipe almost to a T it's a science right it is there's chemical reactions going on when you're baking it and you have to have those correct proportions yeah it's it's something that uh it's definitely something you want to leave to the professionals at places like Bake Shop. Um, so, so, so with that in by. mind, Linda, keep uh, keep us up, up, like let us know if you've perfect that fruitcake recipe. We will be sure to follow. But for all of my listeners out there who want to get some uh, holiday breads or cookies, you can visit www.bakeshopva.com. That's over there on 1025 North Fillmore Street. Um, you can give them a call at 571-970-6460. Is that right, Linda? That's correct. Thank you. And can I add one more thing? Always. Okay. I think I did perfect the fruitcake recipe finally. Oh, yeah? I used, yes. And I, I researched a lot of recipes. And let me tell you what I did. A lot of people hate that candied fruit. Yeah. And back in um, uh, back in the Middle Ages, when um, England was able to get dried fruit, they used dried fruit. So I thought I would try that. So I bought a lot of different 
dried dried fruits, and I marinated them in some um, as a, a vanilla liqueur and hot water, boiling water, and a little bit of orange juice, and did that for you know a couple of hours, and then you drain that off and you use it. And I made it and took it over to Justin just yesterday, and he loved it. And as my his um, partner also loved it. You know, she took a taste and thought, "Wow, this is delicious." <laughs> it was, I love that. I just want to tell you, but that's that's the beginning. That's very exciting. Um, it's so interesting because our friends in Fredericksburg, of course, this is a family recipe, and they didn't want to give too much away—just hints here and there. Right. But but between all these little tips and hints. Hopefully some uh, people listening can kind of do some own experiments uh, with with some of these ingredients. That's a really fascinating, also historical little tidbit there on the uh, the history of the fruitcake and all the, the dried fruit, preserved food, uh, fruit. So thank you, Linda. Um, that's really cool. We will uh, make sure we put the link to Bake Shop in the description of this podcast. And thank you for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Well, it was lovely talking to you. It was fun. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thank you, Linda. You have a happy holiday. Thank you. You too also. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, I'm very hungry after listening to all that talk about holiday baked goods. Yeah, we should uh, we should bake some. <laughs> we tried. We tried. Um, I can't help but think of the SNL NPR uh, skit, uh, Delicious Dish. Um, but we'll leave that be. You can look that up. Uh, so thanks again to Linda Segal from BakeShopVA.com and Tom Simpson and Sherry Edlin Simpson of Homemade for the Home on Instagram. Check them both out. We'll put the description or the links in the description. If you want to know more about us, look up www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith, again with an E-R. Um, and from our web page, you can find our YouTube page where we have a bunch of video content that's been springing up, including a few lyric videos to some of our songs that we've written. It's very exciting. Yep. And we also have a show opening very soon, uh, December 9th at Creative Cauldron. You can get tickets at creativecauldron.org. Uh, the Christmas Angel, a brand new musical we've written for the holidays. It only runs December 9th through the 19th, so make sure you get tickets. Um, and anything else? No, we've got some exciting stuff coming up for the holidays. Yeah. And as we say in season three, fa la 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 Bye, everybody. Bye.